Pod. Pod. Hello, Effers. I what? am your oh. host. <laughs> That's not supposed to happen. That is not supposed to happen. I am your host, Internet Keith, and welcome to the Titans edition of Football and Other F-Words. And uh, today on the Titans edition, we'll be talking about <laughs> Titans news. We'll be reviewing the Cowboys game for Monday night, and we will preview the upcoming Patriots game. As is tradition, I'm joined by some hooligans. This first guy is uh, fresh off a, a new radio gig. It's Mr. Lebowski. How you doing, Mr. Lebowski? Oh, I'm good. I'm uh, watching uh, Zach's uh, stuffed animal of a dog eat your coat. <laughs> oh, well, isn't that something? Uh, I'm currently getting eaten by this man's dog. It's uh, it's Zebo. How you doing, Zebo? Doing pretty good. Uh, it's a little weird sitting on this side with all these buttons in front of me. Yeah, I have no clue what I'm doing. So, <laughs> uh, we uh, well, Mike Miracles is out today with a bad case of the uh, he. I don't know the careeritis. The careeritis. Yeah. yeah. Other responsibilities that pay. Itis. <laughs> Itis. Yes. Um, but as always, today's podcast is brought to you by an F word, and today's F word is fumble. As in, I am sick and tired of all these fumbles. And uh, we don't have an ad read, right? No, it'll be on the Titans podcast. Uh, on the wait, NFL wait, wait, the NFL podcast, okay. the National F League podcast. All right, well, let's move right into these uh, this Titans injuries and news. Uh, first bit of news came <laughs> early last week. Was What uh, the fuck is going on over here? <laughs> Y'all, y'all can't see it, but there, Huxley is just dragging his bed around wherever the fuck he wants to drag it. He's moving, I guess. He's yeah. moving out. He's leaving. See ya, Hux. <laughs> um, first bit of news I wanted to talk about was uh, the retirement of Titans great CJ2K. Yep. Do we use the word great? I would say so. I, there is a lot of... Okay, I'll get into it. I was just going to say, okay, let's move on. But let me get into it real quick. There's a lot of revisionist history about just how good CJ2K was over his career as a Tennessee Titan. And maybe I'm just the last three years or three seasons he was with us. It felt like all he wanted to do was just run into the pile and then back out of the pile and run around in the back for about six or seven minutes and then get tackled <laughs> for losses. Uh-huh. He had the, He was really good when he first got there, and he's very exciting and – you know, the 2,000-yard year, of course, is great. But everything after that was pretty pedestrian. So, I don't know. Kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. But, you know, he retires the Titan. whoop de doo Who gives a fuck? <laughs> I will say <laughs> in his defense that he was the backbone of one of the better Titans teams from the Titans era. Yeah. Well, I mean, I felt like Lindell White was the backbone. But, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or he ate backbones. I was about to say, he was more <laughs> of the fat back of the yeah. team. Oh. What? He was. Man was a walking prime rib. <laughs> Speaking of uh, prime rib, uh, there's a report that over the trade deadline that the Titans looked to move Derrick Henry, but did not find uh, anyone willing to meet their high price. I don't know if they were looking to move Derrick Henry or if teams called Inquiring. looking for Derrick Henry. Right. And that's where the fine line of these trade, de- trade deadline rumors lie is, were they calling or were people calling them? I would venture to say that people were calling them and they were asking too much for him in return because they didn't really want to trade him. Right. But, I mean, if someone's going to give a second or first round pick, well, yeah, you you trade him. It would have been stupid for them to trade him, though, because Deion Lewis is almost at his career high of carries and mm-hmm. snaps. 
So and at any point him, you have Flew Ellen. Yeah, yeah. Flew Ellen and Dalen Dawkins and they're they're not Derrick Henry and they're not a suitable NFL running back. They're the suitable when we were, you know, okay with having Antonio Andrews as a running back, but <laughs> the dark times. Yes. Um there was also another report that the Titans offered a first round pick and a pick swap for Cooper, but were ultimately outbid by the Cowboys. I call utter bullshit on this one. Yeah. I, I put no faith in this. I it was written by some random Dallas Cowboys fan site that's not even SB Nation fan site. I don't even know is like da- Dallas Daily News or Daily Sports or something. <laughs> but it does not sound like J Rob did. Do you, what do you think about that trade? It, to me, it sounds like buyer's remorse being written by yeah. a fan that's trying to deflect the fact that they are a very not great three and five team led by a ginger head coach who can't stop clapping and chewing gum. Like they've <laughs> got some he's got serious... two black eyes. Who's beating him? <laughs> Jerry <laughs> Jones. Jerry Jones is clearly <laughs> who's beating that he's man. He's beating him, or he's you know Kidding. dropping dropping them bows on him, but uh. Uh, no, to me, seriously, it sounds like um, it sounds like a fan site trying to deflect the fact that you know, oh, don't look at us, we didn't just overpay for Amari Cooper and get upended on national yeah. TV. Yeah. So, I mean, it was is really weird to come out that it came from a Dallas news source about the Tennessee Titans in that intricate of an offer, but none of our reporters reported on right. it. So that t- to me tells me it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then it's also very late for that to come out. Well, yeah, and then for. J. Rob's history does not, you know, really say that he's going to offer a first and a pick pick swap for Amari Cooper. Right. He offered a seventh or a condition, or maybe a twenty twenty six round pick for Demarius Thomas. Didn't even offer anything for Golden Tate. Has yet to sign a wide receiver, and we're supposed to believe that he offered a first and a pick swap. And the Raiders were like, oh, we can't swap picks. We'd much rather trade it to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Like I don't okay. know about that. Yeah, I'm. I won't get into this too heavily here. I'll, I'll reference it later. But, and again, I cannot stand when Titans fans or other fans of, of any sport start pulling the, we need more national recognition. I, I can't stand that. However, if you do read the national reticate uh, or, or um, reaction today to uh, the Cowboys loss, it is just that. They're all describing it as a Cowboys loss and not a Titans win. Yeah. I think this just plays into that angle of, Oh, we didn't just get our ass cheeks ripped apart on national TV. Uh, yeah, uh, somebody else was going to overpay for Mari Cooper, but uh, we just happened to do it first. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, injury news. Uh, Taewon Taylor was hurt in the uh, the Cowboys game. Right? Conklin? No, Taewon Taylor. Oh, yeah. Tay- oh, the fake of Taylor Lewan. Oh, no. I'm not even paying attention. <laughs> yeah. I heard Taylor, and that was it. Come uh, on, man. I know. You're paid to talk, not listen, uh, right? Day to day. All this plugging in <laughs> wires has yeah. got you all fucked up over here. I don't even so, know what's going on. What's What was the injury again? It Was was it ribs? Uh, ankle. Ankle. Oh, that's right. That was ankle. Yeah. I don't know. Nobody told me. Nobody said anything. They just said he's injured. So I did, it looked like his leg to me. So, mm-hmm. uh, And then, of course, we have Conklin, who is day to day with a concussion injury. Right. Which... With a short week, he might not make it. <coughs> They're saying that he may have even suffered the concussion earlier in the game, which is why now this could just be excuse making for him getting embarrassed by Demarcus Lawrence on that yeah, first that was, fumble. That brutal. But they're saying that he may have gotten it then before that, and that's why that kind of happened. Gotcha. Yeah, there was. Um, Vrabel said in his press conference today that he didn't 
exactly name when he got hurt, but at some point Coughlin approached him or another coach on the sideline and said he didn't feel good. Mm. So they sent him to the locker room, got him evaluated, that kind of thing, and said he saw him at halftime. They just chose to keep him kind of – I don't even know if he called it concussion protocol. Um, side note to that, I've got to give a, a random shout-out to some random Reddit user on NFL who said, of course, they pulled Conklin out of the game. He thought he was a turnstile. <laughs> so, yeah, listen, you can all yeah. you want. It's a pretty fucking funny joke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into the, uh, the Cowboys game and review, uh, our, our wonderful, wonderful win. It was, it was amazing. It was pretty much the win that I wanted us to look like. I wanted us to look this good. It was pretty much everything that I needed to maybe start buying back into this team. I still need to see it for another week Mm -hmm. and another week. I mean, but I heart last night's win. Love it. (laughs) I would, I would full spectrum. Uh, Keith and I watched the game together, and um, you know, Keith can obviously speak for himself over here. He's a grown man; he can do that these days. But um, <laughs> I went from head in hands. Did we really oh, just yeah. fumble it twice? Uh. To you know, I really, honestly, after the second fumble, I was fully prepared to go. Here we fucking go again. This team I was that way at the yeah, first fumble. Yeah. <laughs> this team has just now shot the other foot off after one leg's a bloody stump, and now. No, that Kevin Bauer comes up with a great pick in yeah. the end zone, turns the dynamic of the game, and it just went balls out from there. Awesome, yeah. awesome win last night. Yeah. Uh, Bayard, of course, had the uh, the T.O.-like celebration on the star. Fantastic. It was awesome. It and, was he, and he did a little river dance. I yeah, mean, that, that was great. Dance, and he didn't get destroyed. Yeah. He said he was shocked that he didn't get just blown up like T.O. did the first time. Well, I don't think those Cowboys players have a lot of pride, it feels like. <laughs> uh, I don't. I mean, I, I'm being serious. I, it doesn't feel like to me that they care that they are the Cowboy brand, that they're, they're the star means something to them. They all came out and said stuff afterwards right. about the star and how oh, you shouldn't do that. You disrespectful. Yeah. Well, I mean, then do something about it. Right. But they barely pushed them and all this stuff. I don't know. It just didn't seem like... It doesn't seem like this Cowboys team, and we can get into it a little bit, but Jason Garrett, I mean, this team, Jason Garrett, all of this is just, it's just bland. Yeah, they just seem like they're going through the motions. Yeah. I said this uh, tonight on Buck Rising Show, 1025 The Game, tackling Music City. No, it's a great show. you got to tune in and listen. It's podcasted, 1025, but anyways, um, he was asking if I liked the celebration, because... Vrabel got salty about it in the uh, yeah. in the press conference like today. W- white men are wont to do. And, and look, that's what? that's his job. Yeah, his job is to stand up there and say the things. To, well, maybe I shouldn't say it is required of him, but it, the nature of his job is to get up and tell the media that yes, obviously, I had, I had a conversation with my players that I'm not a big fan of that kind of thing. Behind the scenes, I don't know if he's a fan of it, but I can tell you everybody else in that locker room is a fan of it, and me. As a fan watching it, I'm absolutely a fan of it for two reasons. A, I didn't elect that fucking team America's team. They need to stop saying that garbage. And B, if you're going to paint that obnoxious-ass star at the center of the field, don't get all butthurt when people start celebrating on it. Get wild. This is the league of having fun. Or this league used to be about having fun. And then it turned into a corporate boardroom boring show. 
I like seeing celebrations come back. Get weird on that story. And, and then the NFL's supposedly looking into possibly fining uh, Kevin Byer for because stomping. I guess you're not supposed to stomp on stuff or okay. something. But it's it's dancing, right? I mean, it's not stomping. Yeah. But now maybe a, what Jarrell Casey was doing was stomping, but maybe he just doesn't have any rhythm. But that's that's where we're at. Like yeah. I don't want to turn this into a whole thing, but that's where we're at. <laughs> we're gonna fine teams for stomping on a logo. Yeah. Hang on. I mean, uh, you're onto the something here. there because we're gonna find people for a celebration that hurts other people's feelings, but we're not. But we're but we're also finding these people the same ish money for you know traumatic head trauma for unnecessary roughness penalties for all this. But we're treating this the same way we're treating. Uh, don't disrespect the middle field logo. I mean, seriously, get the hell out of here. Yeah. Like. That to me is you're disrespecting a corporate brand. I, I'm sorry. I just I have a real problem with that. Yeah. It, look, if if a player were to go run up to the sidelines <laughs> and rip a flag out of a child's hands and start stomping all over their team's logo on the all right, yeah, fine. Or, I or get just that. rip the fine. child out of the stands and stomp right. on the child. Right. <laughs> Please, let's. We're not stomping children. No, no one wants to stomp children. Or if if the you know player runs over to the opposing bench, somehow steals one of the players' helmets and starts going ham in it. Uh, okay, but I mean, listen. You mean you mean just put ham in the helmet? Possibly. Where did he get the ham? We don't know. Why are there pork products on the field? This is getting strange. But uh, no, I I'm just I'm sorry. I have a problem with them looking into. Oh, did he stomp the logo? We're gonna yeah. have to find that. Yeah, if you're ridiculous. gonna find something, then throw the flag for delaying the game and then fine him because you held up the base yeah. of the game. Yeah. I'm fine with that. It was game changing though, and yeah, I mean that at that point you're. Because uh, I was watching it with a couple of my friends, and uh, one of my friends, Michael, friend of the podcast, Michael Jennings, uh, he said, I think we're going to get an interception in the end zone. And sure enough, we did. I mean, yeah. it was crazy. And then from there, it lay- led to an 80-something yard touchdown drive. And, it, I mean, it everything that we have been complaining about for the last three or four weeks pretty much got changed. Yeah. I mean, we were aggressive. Marcus was on point. The receivers were catching the ball. We were great on third down. I mean, just everything we wanted happened. Right. That that's not. Sus- let me be a little. Let me rain on the little parade. It's not sustainable. Not so, at that level. Yeah, probably. not at that level. So let's see what happens versus the Patriots and go from there because we're gonna have to probably be scoring like crazy. Yeah. I just I wanted to bring up something before we get kind of dive into the uh, the rest of the game, but. Um, while we were watching it, I asked uh, Lebowski whether or not Dak Prescott's name was just Dak or if it was something else. Oh, my God. This name. This name. I cannot <laughs> believe this is his real name. And so I, I did a quick Google. I went on the Wikipedias, and his name is Rain, R-A-Y-N-E, Dakota Prescott. Why? <laughs> like, what was going on? He didn't going choose on? his name. That well, was, someone a- did. <laughs> I put out on Twitter last night that at some point in the next three to five years, we're going to see a quarterback with the name Brayson, spelled with a Y. Oh, oh we, God. There's gonna, listen, get over it. There's going to be a quarterback <laughs> named Brayson. So that means that there's probably a Brayson already out there. Oh, no, there is. There's a Brayson playing quarterback somewhere like an NBA or something right now, and he's If we get another good. puppy, I'm naming it Brayson. Oh. I'm going to be ahead of the curve. Nope. I, it's going to be something like Brace and Taylor. It's going to be so disgusting to say. It's like eating chalk. Yeah. Well, but what a name. Rain Dakota. Rain. Rain Dakota. Like, I heard that his name was Dakota last night for the first time. I just thought it was just Dak. 
Mm-hmm. And then I'm, and I keep people were saying at the thing, I was like, oh, God, I, I mean, I, that's have, his real I name. sympathize with him. He didn't choose the name. I'd go with Dak and, as well. And, I mean, Dak I have is a, the best possible. And Dak I have is a, the best possible. I have a cousin yeah. named Dakota, so like I'm used to that name. But I just thought his name was Dak. Yeah. Uh, then I hear, then I get on this morning and I see um, that uh, Big Mike had put up the honor roll the and put Harold up Landry, and Han- put the, that Landry name sack list. Yeah. yeah, and put. His name on there, and I'm like, is that his real fucking name? Mm-hmm. I mean, Rain. Yep, Rain. Ugh. 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 Uh, all right, let's let's talk about our quarterback. Let's talk about Marcus and his uh, big day. Do you want to you want to take it away? Uh, what was the was stat line? Stat line. Uh, he was 21 for 29, uh, with 240 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and it was his best passer rating since 2016. And he had an additional rushing touchdown on top of that. True. And he now nobody can say he throws more interceptions than touchdowns because he's finally even. <laughs> he is five and five. That's zero touchdown yeah. interception yeah. ratio yeah, that everyone's looking for. Uh but no, I mean I think the 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 biggest thing was that the receivers, you know, just played lights out. And Mar- and Marcus did too. I mean, Marcus was moving around in the pocket. He was doing great. The the biggest thing was that he was being aggressive and pushing the ball downfield and he was Throwing receivers open, not waiting for receivers to get open. That's been my big thing, is that he's wait he's been waiting for like the perfect play and the perfect route, and he must listen to the podcast because this week he was not doing that. And we that, gonna, we're going to take credit for this. Yeah, we're going right, to take absolutely. credit for this. Sure. And we're going to and that throw to Darius Jennings, it, I yeah. I could fuck that throw. <laughs> like I yeah. want to I want to marry that throw. Yeah, and um, I'm going to let it move into the basement down here and. <laughs> I'll cook it dinner, and you know I'll treat it really nice because that throw was probably one of the that has to be in my mind the best Marcus throw. Your it's your ideal scenario of sleeping with an inanimate object is that they want to live in your basement. Yeah, well, I mean, I can, they can nice leave upstairs. I already got someone upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. Yeah. If you're gonna have a family and a side family, <laughs> yeah. they can't be in the same domicile. Yeah. One of them's gonna be in the basement. Right, it's true. Um, I will say that that Mike Miracles uh, wrote a winners losers piece on uh, Meet City Miracles. Um, I think it was yesterday or this morning, but uh, he he detailed the throw you're talking about, and he was like, "This is like a trust throw. This is one of the throws that we weren't yeah. seeing before." And I don't know if it was because he, you know, wasn't in his own words, quote unquote, 100 percent before. Yeah, but I mean. I mean, the glove is off, so maybe that has a lot to do with what we've been complaining about. But yeah, what I like seeing is um, I forgot who made this comparison, but you know, like you were saying about the trust throw, what I and I can't believe I'm about to give the man credit, but Philip Rivers, one of the things Philip Rivers does so well is, um, and and Buck mentioned this tonight on the radio, um, in the London game, you watch Philip Rivers and he was constantly throwing balls that would. If they missed a receiver, it's because he thought the receiver was going to be there. Yeah. And it's because he just knows the routes and they're, they're the trust right. throws. And Rodgers does that as well. And by no means am I trying to compare Mariota to Rodgers here because Rodgers is on a different plane with his throwing style and motion. But um, it's I like seeing the trust throw. I like seeing that because, to me, that's the next level of progression from going yep. from a quarterback where you're constantly got this little question in the back of your mind about which direction we're going to – Hell yeah, here we go. We've got someone who can actually lead all 100% of this offense. Yeah. And he is over here just fucking that rug up. <laughs> we, I'm talking about Huxley, by the way. Oh, not, Marcus, Keith? not Marcus Mariota. Not, not Keith. Keith or Marcus Mariota. <laughs> um, yeah, so so a, a good game from Marcus. 
on all counts. Uh, also a good game from the receivers. Yeah. Uh, a wide spectrum of receivers that um, a few that we've been very negative on all year. Yeah. Uh, the the biggest uh, the first receiver I want to talk about is definitely I want to talk about Corey Davis because he, while his stat line wasn't like great, mm-hmm. but the um, way he kept getting open when you know that that defense is just trying to prevent him right. from being open. And He's this being is a, keyed on. Yeah. And he, the, they create all these mismatches over the on the field because they constantly move him around. But it just seemed like when Marcus was throwing him the ball, there was like a good two- or three-yard cushion by the defenders at that point that he got open. He, he was a real chain mover, and it really – Reminded me a lot of what De- we were we were been missing from Delaney. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Cameron Batson was good. Taewon Taylor made some good good plays. Yeah. I mean, he made a diving catch, slid on his ass on one, and for whatever reason, people the uh, the Cowboys decided they were going to challenge it. And I yeah. didn't really get yeah, that. That one. was a very strange challenge. And then uh, and then of course Darius Jennings with his one catch is the the best great catch. catch. Yeah, is his one catch of the night, but it was awesome. Yeah. And of course, Deion Lewis, Dick Henry, Luke Stalker. I mean, ever. I mean, Johnny Smith. Yeah, Johnny Smith. I mean, speaking of Marcus, let's go back to Marcus and that um, that fake. Yeah. At the end zone, where he then pitches it over yeah, to the him. shovel pass. The shovel pass. Oh my God! How did that not get fumbled? Yeah, that. Was, I mean, <laughs> that, that was, was tight quarters. Yeah, that was the the best. Someone said that fake should get an Oscar. That was <laughs> that was sick sleight of hand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't it faked think, out everybody. It yeah. faked out me and him watching the game. It faked out the cameraman. That was, was David Copperfield. Like, did he just saw a woman in half? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, no, it was impressive. It faked both of us out, and I, I couldn't believe it. I followed, um, jeez, was it Dion that got the fake handoff? Yeah, I, I, think- I followed it just like, did we really just get tackled in the backfield? And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, he's in the end zone. Yeah, what's happening? It was it was crazy and. You know, Peyton always was really good at the play-action fake. Well, if that's going to be our version of the play-action fake, then Marcus is going is is the maestro, as like Mike Keith likes to call him, because that was an amazing fake. Yeah, that was great. Um, yeah. Uh, so full disclosure, at one point, I believe it was that third down late in the game. Um, it was I think it was late in the third quarter. Uh, it was where they, they threw the screen to Cameron Bats in it yeah. whatever point. Um, so the, they called the play. They ran him out there, and I was like, why why the hell is Cameron Bats in the game right now on third down? And I was bitching. I was throwing a colossal bitch fest <laughs> at the general area in Mr. Lebowski. And I was like, why is Cam Batson in on third down? What are we doing? And then I think they called a timeout, and then I was like, okay, well, good. Well, at least we'll get Cam Batson out. And then they run back out on the field. Cam Batson's still in the slot. And I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And then they throw that screen pass to him. It works like a charm. He gets the first down. And I'm just like, yeah. well, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up for a minute. And I think that was the whole point of the offense last night was just to shut people up for at least one week. Yeah. Well, mission accomplished. Yeah. Well, I guess not for yeah. our case. But. Well, damn if the receivers didn't um – it, it's it's almost like the receivers had some kind of collective meeting of like we cannot let our quarterback down yeah. anymore. Yeah. I don't know if they had a slumber party that involved jugs machines and high C coolers or something, but they definitely got some work in, got the catches down, and and it it showed it showed last yeah. night. Yeah, yeah. Um, the interior run game was present. It was it? 
I mean, it was attempted. It was attempted. It uh, it was different than it's looked before, at the very least. Yeah, if if I had to see one more run play go up the middle for either negative or zero yards, I was going to scream. Yeah, we were probably averaging about one yard yeah. per carry on the inside run game. Uh, someone had posted up a, a graph showing that to the left is where we are most successful. And last night... All of our runs to the left were pretty successful. The runs to the right were semi-successful. But we suck going up the middle. It's because we, our guards and our center are not run blocking properly. Yeah. Well, I would, I would blame probably the majority of that on Ben Jones, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. He's just not a powerful blocker. Right. For our NFL lineman, he's not a powerful Yeah. So uh, it's atrocious. We just need to stop it. Yeah. Just stop running up the middle. I get that you want to keep him honest and everything, but... It's been super ineffective. And yeah. Nobody's respecting it anyway. So, um, but yeah, the snap count uh, was interesting of note. Uh, we had Dion Lewis with 59 snaps and Derrick Henry with just 14. Uh, so the here here's my thing on this. Derrick Henry is still more efficient of a running back, even on these few snaps, than Dion Lewis. The, the the thing I heard tonight, uh, listening to Lebowski on the radio, the the Lebowski Power Hour, um, <laughs> was Teresa Walker had the gall, and I wish I could like have a button that would just let me immediately call in and interrupt someone, <laughs> but to call him Trent Richardson 2.0, come on, girl, no, no, that is that is utterly ridiculous. When Derrick Henry eventually leaves this team and goes to the Texans or the Patriots or goes to an <laughs> AFC team, he will rush for over 1,000 yards because they'll have a coaching staff that is going to allow him to get the twenty to the 15 to 20 carries that he needs in a row. I, I don't understand how you can't use both more efficiently, why it has to be so lopsided one way. Because Deion Lewis is the uh, most stuffed runner behind the line. So he has the most stuffed runs of any running back. And so that means that, yeah, he does get, he's really great in the passing game and he is getting a lot of all purpose yards. But I guess my thing is when I look at other running back duos like Tevin Coleman, Devonte Freeman, and then Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, uh, there's various more around the league. They, they all get theirs. Yeah. But it's like we don't want to involve everybody, and I, I don't understand why you can't involve both. Why just have one guy with 1,200 all-purpose yards when you could have maybe a 1,200-yard 12, uh, rusher and a 1,200-yard all-purpose guy? That's 2,400 extra yards. We're lacking explosive plays, and who in one year had four runs of 75 yards or more? That was Derrick Henry. I mean, we're missing the explosiveness in an offense, and it's because. And don't forget, he had a sixty-something yard re, uh, run that was called back by a phantom hold call. Yeah, I mean, he he is your game breaker, and you're not you're hamstringing a home run hitter. I just don't understand it. But I mean, I'm glad Deion Lewis is successful. I'm not going to complain that you know. Oh shit! I can't believe that Deion Lewis is so successful. They need to <laughs> give the ball to Derrick Henry more, and not let this little guy you know run. But I think you can have room for both, and that's the job of the offensive coordinator to figure out a way to have room for both. I, um, I, my issue with not giving Derrick Henry enough carries is something as simple as this. 
Lewis was drafted in what 2011, right? Uh, I mean, I think so. Yeah, and I don't think he played for like a couple of years. But I mean, it's like how how much more mileage can are we really expecting to get out of Lewis? I, I know, I know with uh, Demarco, that was obviously you know we were worried about the mileage issue there. But I would rather stick it out with Henry, get him more carries, get him comfortable with the offense. And if we end up having to choose between the two, I would rather choose Henry because I'm like you. I don't. I don't like the comparison with Trent. Uh, I think that's a little premature to start going. Not even a little. I think it's a lot premature. But Henry's got all the tools. He He's just looks, everything you need. He just looks timid. And to me, it's like, why would we not? You know, I know I'm comparing apples to hand grenades here, but why would we? If we're willing to give Marcus the the patience, then why are we not willing to give? a man with the size and the skill level of Derrick Henry, a little more patience. Yeah. Nobody wants to give anybody outside of Marcus patience. It feels like, and, and I get it. It's Marcus is a nice guy. And, and I, and I think that's, I think that's NFL as a whole. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you could take that further. It's society as a whole. I mean, yeah. We want instant gratification on everything, social media, you name it. So it's always the, uh, you see it with UT fans all the time. The yeah. second their coach loses two in a row, they're ready to fire them. Right. NFL fans are very much the same way, just like with every sport. You know, if you go two games in a row where Derek Henry doesn't produce, oh, he's a bust. Let's get rid of him. Let's trade him for something. You know, it's just, it's complete irrationality. Yeah. yeah. What are your feelings on Derek Henry and Deion Lewis Keith? Well, I think that, uh, I mean, Derek Henry is the more intriguing running back, obviously, um, especially long term. I think this was a bad game for his style. I think the the Cowboys are a very good run defense team, um, and that that maybe Deion Lewis offered us more upside for this particular game. But I mean, I think it's I think you're just gonna have to deal with the hot hand, and it's just gonna be, you know, it'll a, be interesting to see if they board. if they do it. Yeah, you know, because that snap count is very very lopsided and telling and. I just don't think Deion Lewis can sustain that kind of action and involvement into the offense. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but the Titans were definitely good on third down and in the red zone. Uh, we were 11 of 14 on third down. We were 4 of 5 in the red zone. But let's talk about the things that didn't go so great. Let's talk about those fumbles. I thought it was over. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think we were going to be able to overcome those fumbles, and, and sure enough, we did. So kudos to the coaching staff for keeping you know, the team together and the team focused and not letting those fumbles get to them. Yeah. I, I hate to see the fumbles. I do, and at the risk of sounding like a Homer fan who just wants to glaze over the bad stuff just to see the good, what I, what I liked about the fumbles is that what you just said, we were able to have two just destructive turnovers. And if you looked at the stat line last night and you leave the fumbles, you, you would think the fumbles never happened. Yeah. Because anytime in the past, not just with the Titans, it, a lot of teams, you know, you have two fumbles back to back on, it was consecutive drives, right? Yeah. The, I mean, no, it was insane. Right. In our territory, exactly. You come away with that down 14 and it's, that's, you know, that's all she wrote. So I kind of liked it from the aspect of, I really hope that turns into a teachable moment. Like, Hey, we went out and kicked ass tonight, but you all as a group collectively found a way yep. to learn from this. And let's look at the mistakes on film and see how we not do this again. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, the, uh, the big reason for that was, was our defense and our red zone defense has been amazing. All that year. big motherfucking D was oh, so yeah. damn good last night. It was night. so good. Uh, the number one scoring defense allowing just 17.6 
points per game. Boom, 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 boom. It's rap air horns. Yeah. Best I could do. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but they're eighth in yards per game, 16th rush defense, eighth against the pass. They look great. Yeah. The uh the big thing the the funny thing I I have figured out today was I know that people don't want to say that four and four is a losing record but the uh top three scoring defenses are the Titans the Ravens and the Cowboys and they all lack a winning record yeah which is very so that just goes to show you that you could be the best defense in the league doesn't necessarily mean anything if you don't have good offenses and none none of the three teams really have consistent offenses so far this whole season so but kudos to the defense to everybody but really Malcolm Butler I know this has <laughs> probably been yeah. crap on Malcolm Butler you know you know week for all the radio and everything sure but I will say this Malcolm Butler outside of the two ridiculously dumb touchdowns was locked him down the rest of the game. And the people saying to start LaShawn Sims, LaShawn Sims is a fine cornerback. He is not Malcolm Butler. I don't care how much you paid for Malcolm Butler. I really don't. Nobody can sit here and tell me that LaShawn Sims is better than Malcolm Butler and me me believe it. I mean, we're talking about a guy that has proved it time and again that he is one of the best corners in the league. Marcus Peters is having a bad year, and... uh, Tremaine Johnson is having a bad no Janoris Jenkins is it Tremaine Johnson or Janoris Jenkins I don't know which one of those guys is having a bad year as well yeah and and they're very comparable to what is going on with Malcolm Butler so I know that PFF has Malcolm Butler as one of the worst cornerbacks in the league or, or whatever but you put Lashawn Sims out there he's probably going to get toasted just as much. You're just going to have to ride with Malcolm Butler. It's not because you paid for him. It's just because he's better than what you got. Yeah. And I mean, that's his style. We've said before he's going to get burned a lot. But and we haven't seen the 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 yin to that yang. Doesn't mean I'm not sick of it. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a bad look. It's certainly bad for him and his stock. But at the same time, you can't allow for a double move from a wide receiver <sighs> on the goal line. You can't uh, allow I, for that much time. I am so sick. And every time I hear Alan Hearns double move, I just want to ro- my I cannot roll my eyes back in the not- of my head because I fucking hate Alan Hearns, <laughs> and I hate that he, he, the double move was so slow. I'm not. <laughs> like, I'm not. I was to be fair. I was. I was referencing the Amari. Cooper oh well, move. yeah, that one was really good double move by but, Amari. But Cooper. that was still that was that was a long developing route. Yeah, sh- there should have been there shouldn't have been that much time in the first yeah. half. But we fixed that eventually in the second half. Um. We got great pressure from from Jayon Brown, from Harold Landry. Harold Landry on a three three man rush. Yeah. Only three people rushed the quarterback, and he somehow still got in there. And Jayon Brown, <clears throat> let's let's we can we can bash J Rob for his picks in the second round and picks here and there that he's missed on. He he landed on the Jayon Brown pick. Yeah, we're talking about a inside linebacker that once Rashawn Evans gets his crap together and he's performing every week at a high level. We got two young uh, inside linebackers. Like we're set. Yeah. Uh, Any thoughts on the defense? Lebowski? I'm just, they're playing balls out right now and it's awesome. I mean, it, I don't like giving letter grades for shit, but I would have to give them an a minus and the minus only comes from Malcolm. Butler. I mean, seriously, they played as a complete unit who was completely in sync last night. Yeah. It's so good to see. It's just 
they're feeding off each other. You know what it reminds me of is early 2000s Titans defense yes. when they were just on their shit. Yeah. And they were giving out that big logging chain to each other in the locker room. <laughs> you know, like I miss those days and that's what this defense reminds me of. It just when every on every aspect of the field besides Michael Butler, it's someone steps up and makes it yeah. in play. And I love seeing it and to, to the Malcolm Butler part though. I originally said, I even, I just said this a couple hours ago that why not throw Sims in there and see what you've got. I'm souring on my own opinion now because a, I hope that Butler finds a way seeing his teammates on defense, like operating as such a complete unit that he tries to up his game and, and get better. But at the same time, um, I, I, yeah, I think you've got to keep him in there. Cause of what you just said, he's not as much as I want to give another player a shot and see what they look like. Who are we kidding? Yeah. I mean, LaShawn Sims is just, he's not as, he's not going to be as talented as Butler is and what we paid for. And I'm hoping the switch just, I, I don't know what switch it is, but I hope the switch flips at some point. And, and this, and let's, let's be it. honest. This coaching staff is not just playing someone because they're, they pay, they're paying them. Right. Because they could have kept Kevin Dodd and not admitted <laughs> their own mistake at the second round pick. I mean, sure. they, they're, they're okay with admitting mistake. We've seen it done. So I, I'm not into this that Malcolm's only playing because he's we paid him a bunch of money. Yeah, we, we probably overpaid for Malcolm. I mean, let's let's be yeah. real. I mean, I th- yeah. I think you can honestly say that. But there's also three or f- he's had three good games where he's been balls out lockdown, mm-hmm. and then he's had one average game, and then he's had you know, uh, yeah, four four rough games. Yeah. And I will say that I think the book is kind of out on him. Yeah. And that everyone knows he's ultra aggressive. If you double move him, you can burn him. Right. And, I mean, we've seen that, you know, numerous times this year. Uh, and I think that that's solely because he did reach such high highs with the Patriots that, that everyone has studied him as a, you know, a an issue right. defensively in the league and that there, there is this one weakness that you can take advantage of. And I think people are, are kind of keying on that. Um, I think one of the, the major things before we move on to the preview of the Patriots game, uh, one of the major things that maybe isn't getting talked about as much is that the uh, return of Kenny Vaccaro and Wesley Woof. Woodyard this game yeah. really boosted this defense. God, yes. I think they're invaluable. Absolutely. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny Vaccaro is... 10 times whatever Cyprian could be. And I don't want Cyprian back. No. Like like I would I, like him back. I, okay, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I want him to be healthy, but yeah. I want him to be I don't want him to be a starter. I want him sure. to be maybe you put him in on some packages and he just stuffs to run. That's all he's yeah. there for. Vaccaro is just out of this world good. He's such a perfect complement to Kevin Byard and Wesley Woodyard. I mean, they had him mic'd up. He's kind of boring mic'd up. I don't know why they chose him of all the people. Yeah. I mean, why not choose Taylor Lewan? I mean, well, they probably couldn't air any of that. Well, I'd, <laughs> I'd rather hear a lot of beeps than the mumbling <laughs> and incoherent well, ramblings I, I was getting from Re- Wesley Woodyard. I wasn't getting how anything. Do you, how do you do a pregame segment with Rackpo and you don't mic yeah. up Rack? Oh, right? that's a good one. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Voice? Yeah, seriously, that. that ridiculous ass voice and they're making cupcakes. cupcakes. I mean like just <laughs> what a great voice. He also had a sack. He played pretty good. Yeah. Um all right, well uh what a great win. Fantastic win. What I feel like it was much needed. Yes. God, oh yes. my god. If, god, yes. Especially in light of what this next game is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I th- 
I'll say this: if going into this game, this Patriots game, if this, um, if this team that played Monday comes to this Patriots game, I think we have a shot to win. Yeah, I mean, our our defense is just so good, yes. and that's going to be the key in this whole thing: is our defense versus their offense. But we we play a good style of offense that can keep Tom Brady off the field. It's just you got to prevent in doing that. You got to prevent people from when they get the ball scoring so quick. Right. And we have to keep in mind that we're playing Malcolm Butler's old team and Deion Lewis's old yeah. team. But if anybody's going to know how to beat Malcolm Butler, it'll probably be Josh McDaniels. <sighs> yeah. But, you know, the thing is that, you know, they, you got Deion Lewis on the, uh, he knows a little bit of the offense as well. So, I mean, he's familiar with that offense. He can probably provide some insight. Uh, as far and Malcolm Butler's practice against the offense. So, yeah. I, I, I actually think that the revenge game is going to be high on the mind of Deion Lewis and Malcolm Butler. And I really do think that Malcolm Butler is going to play a lot better than what people think he is. We play the game that we played last night, and we win. Yeah. We turn over the ball twice, and it's over. Right. Yeah. There's no I, – I shouldn't say no way, but I just – I don't think you can turn the ball over in the red zone without someone like the Patriots fully capitalizing yeah. on it. The thing that bothers me with the Patriots, too, and this was a look I saw on Sunday night when they played the Packers. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, they immediately came out the gate with this hurry-up offense that I almost never see the Patriots do. That was a little, a little frightening to watch. So – all that being said, though, I think our defense can handle that as long as our offense doesn't make silly mistakes and turn the ball over. Yep. I give us more than a shot. I actually, I truly believe we can win this game, but we have to play pretty damn close to perfect. Yeah. It would be a, a huge win if we do. And honestly, if we win this game, I feel like I don't want to, you know, be way too optimistic, but with the injuries to the Redskins, I feel like there's a potential that we could. Um, that we could uh, like run the table if we beat you know the Colts and the Jaguars because I feel like that's the the hardest of our remaining opponents. I don't really necessarily feel the threat from Washington anymore. No, this is our test right here. If if we find a way to beat the Patriots and we and we come out and win that game, that's that's it. I don't have any fears about the rest of our schedule, and I really truly can start to get behind the idea of matching and building expectations based on last year. And I, I don't want to back up too far in this discussion, but I, I said this earlier tonight with Buck is that it kind of frustrates me. I think you and I talked about this, Keith. It, it kind of frustrates me a little bit that automatically coming into this season, everyone just assumed, oh, okay, well, we hit the playoffs last year. We're just, we're bound to go take one step further, right? Yeah. That's I think that's a lot to ask for a new coaching regime, you know, our quarterback changing yet another offensive coordinator. So, um, However, all that being said, we beat the Patriots and I'm ready to buy into that model because based on the progression that we made from we leave that disastrous uh, Baltimore game, we go to London and we play a good game. We come up basically a yard short. Um, and then last night's fantastic win. That's just a, that, that'd be a, another huge building block. What a, another good step to take. So, yeah. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I mean, I, I think you're nervous anytime you play play the uh, Patriots. But uh, I I will say, good news is that well, I guess good news with an asterisk. Good news for the Titans is that 
James White went down with an injury, and they right. are basically left with a handful of rocks and Cordero Patterson as their running uh, back. Sonny Michelle's supposed to be back. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, what about Gronk? I mean, did he suffer an injury last week? No, I, he never. I, he didn't even play last he week. He just didn't even play. Yeah, okay. so I think they're probably resting him for this game. Um, I I think it's it's kind of got the feeling of those the Packers game from two years ago, the Seahawks game from last year, where it just kind of feels like the better team's coming in, but it feels like Marcus is really just going to just gonna give it to him. I hope so. I mean, I do. I, to me, that's honestly the biggest step I want to see. I, I would actually win-loss. I don't ever want to say I'd be okay with a loss. I'd be okay with a loss if Marcus doesn't take a step backwards. Yeah, right. Because I'm okay with a yeah, loss if we don't take because a step. Because we're at the point now where by the end of the season, we've got to have a good picture of Marcus because yeah. we're getting ready to potentially pay this man a lot of money. Right. And so I, I want to make sure that the steps forward we've taken in the last couple of weeks – are good positive steps because if they are, that means we're building together. Him and LaFleur are getting on the same page and now we're building an, an offense and an identity and the quarterback is getting more comfortable and we're moving in the right direction. If he starts to take a step backwards or the Patriots game turns into a full-on turnover debacle at the hands of Mariota, I think, you know, that that just is going to bring back the cries of having some serious concerns and I might be one of those who would buy into that. Yeah, I, I definitely think <coughs> consistency is what we've been lacking and what we've all wanted. So even if we were to lose, and uh, I'm I'm okay with that. Like I think that's okay as long as we, as a team, look the same. Like yeah. on offense, I want to look the same. If we lose twenty-eight to twenty-nine or twenty-eight to thirty, that's fine. As long as we look good. Continued aggressiveness, right. continued efficiency. Um, yeah, I agree. But also, let's just go win. Let's yeah. just go oh, win. That would be it. I mean, listen, if we win, that'd be awesome. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, Affers. Uh, make sure to visit our sponsor, For the Bill 615 at com for all your clothing needs. Uh, they have the, the For the Boys shirts out now, right? Yeah, they do. They look good. Um Rate and review us on whatever you're listening on. That helps us uh, get found by other Titans fans like yourself. Um, and follow us on Twitter at, at EffortsPod. You can get more of Mike Miracle's analysis on all things Titans at Music City Miracles. Uh, Lebowski, is there anything you want to you wanna pimp out? Um, you can get disturbing insight from me on any matter of things, life, sexual preference, whatever, by uh, sliding into my DMs. Whoa. At Mr. Lebowski, correct? Absolutely. Or at donkeydelights.org. That, I, don't, I don't know. What if that was the was. last part? I don't, I, we could just cut uh, that. Out. Well, we are football and other F words, and you have just been F'd. Uh, let's see here. Oh, wait a minute. Is this it? I'm not sure where our outro music's at. Well, nope, that's not it. it we'll go with be. that. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, this, is, this will be it for today. <laughs> <laughs> An old classic. It's like when you're cooking a dish and you're like, am I done here? Am yeah. I? We'll is just throw some cheese is? on it. Yeah. Cheese, th- that'll work. We'll just throw a cat in the pan and see yeah. what happens. No. Huh? Yeah. Cats. Huh? Meow. It's a gang meow. of alley cats. Meow, 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 meow. Meow. Tighten up. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. 
And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, shutdown Fullcast. I keep telling you, we're not Voltron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Fullcast. It's not Voltron.